the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I like the stories where our sweetest Lord Jesus seems to be keeping appointments, thinking of the woman at the well. You know, he went to meet her there. And um, Mary, after the resurrection, and she shows up at the tomb. And um, those are the two guys on the road to Emmaus. Like, Jesus, like, shows up and kind of seems to keep an appointment with them. And we had that happen last week with blind Bartimaeus, who I always called blind Bart, anyway, blind Bartimaeus. Um, that was Jesus going into Jericho, into Jericho. Today, we've got that next little part right after. Now he's entered into Jericho, and he's keeping an appointment. He is there to meet Zacchaeus. Both of these two, blind Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus, are on the outs, and Jesus has gone to show them mercy. As a fun aside, those who went to the Holy Land saw the tree that Zacchaeus climbed up in. It's still there in Jericho. St. Nikolai of Zicha compared Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus. This is what St. Nikolai said. This is what the Lord, this that the Lord did for Zacchaeus was scarcely less than the healing of the blind man. He opened Bartimaeus' bodily eyes, and this, the spiritual eyes of Zacchaeus. He stripped the blindness from Bartimaeus' eyes and from Zacchaeus' soul. He opened Bartimaeus' windows through which to see God's wonders in the material world, and for Zacchaeus, the windows through which to see God's wonders in the heavenly and spiritual world. The miracle performed on Bartimaeus is amplified by the one performed on Zacchaeus. So St. Nikolai is connecting the two. Deacon Chris last week, in his sermon, that blind, said that blind Bartimaeus received both his physical sight and then immediately his spiritual sight. And because of blind Bartimaeus, others wanted to see Jesus both physically and to be made ready to receive him as Lord. From the Lord's side, he is going not only after publicans, he is going today after the chief publican. Blessed Theophilac said that Jesus took Zacchaeus prisoner. I love it. These type of tax collectors made their living off the tears of the poor. They were despised. But Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. So not only did he get his own cut he was taking, he got a cut of everybody else's. But the thing that stood out to me, and I think is repeated on purpose over and over in this gospel, is about the crowd. So with all that being said, it seems this story is as much about the crowd as it is about, I mean, Zacchaeus is the star, but then we've got this thing about the crowd. The crowd had blocked Zacchaeus' way, Zacchaeus, for his part, had heard about the Messiah, and Zacchaeus had forgot about his place in society. He had just cast it aside. Nothing was going to stop him. He didn't make allowance for anything. He only wanted to see Christ. And he wasn't helpless, even though there was a great crowd and he couldn't see above them, because the gospel says he was short, small of stature. He'd let nothing stand in his way. He runs ahead and climbs into the sycamore tree. Jesus sees his eagerness. Another important point. He is eager. 
He is eager to see Christ. He is eager to be found. He is eager to be saved. Jesus looks at him and can see all of it, and he says, come down. Zacchaeus comes down quickly, and we start to see how ready he is to be resurrected. Jesus Christ is going to enter under his roof and bring salvation to him and to all his house. A remark, a part of what's in the prayer for the priest when he comes to bless your home. It's a remembrance of Zacchaeus and Christ going in his house. And as he was being saved, Zacchaeus acted as a man who had truly found the Savior. He immediately cut himself off from his former life and proposed to live a new life. And he didn't blame anybody. He took ownership for all that he had done. He was ready to receive the Lord. Incredible. Not only into his house, but into himself. He said purposely, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'll restore it fourfold. He just immediately makes room for Christ. He has to bankrupt himself to do it. But he just makes room in his heart for Christ. The thing that was standing in his way, part of his own crowd, we'll get to this in a sec, but part of what was really crowding him was money. So let's get back to the crowd. That same crowd that's keeping Zacchaeus from seeing Jesus now starts to complain that Jesus is going to go to the house. This crowd is not like a good crowd. They are angry crowd. Jesus is going to stay with Zacchaeus, and he silences the crowd by saying the most amazing line, that he has come to seek and save the lost, which brings the story back to us. If we are having trouble seeing Jesus, maybe it's because of the crowd. And your crowd might literally be the people you hang out with. Like, it might actually be a human crowd of people, you know, who are maybe online or maybe actually real people. Maybe those are real people. I don't know online. But well, whether it is people you spend time with in your home or in their home or wherever, maybe you work with these people or you're online with these people. There are sometimes crowds that will keep us from Christ. <clears throat> and we have to not blame the crowds, but take ownership of that, like Zacchaeus did. The gospel or the, the parables have a great line, says, bad company corrupts good morals. Maybe the crowd that's blocking you from seeing Christ is what you read or what you watch. Maybe it's the grudges you hold and the wrongs you're nursing. Maybe that's the crowd that's keeping you from Christ. Maybe like Zacchaeus, it's a love of money and a lack of compassion. Even a little of that can be a crowd. Or maybe you're crowded by the multitude of passions and worldly affairs, so you can't see Jesus, you can't see him moving and acting. If we can't see Jesus, maybe it's because we've yet to climb up the sycamore tree. So let's climb up the sycamore tree. Let's climb up and see Jesus. Let's come to our senses. Let's bypass the temptations, the worldliness, the sensuality, whatever it might be, and climb higher. Let's leave the world behind. Let's leave the flesh behind. Let's leave the devil behind and climb up in holiness and righteousness this tree. Every single one of us man, woman, or child, 
will somehow have obstacles or difficulties that keeps us at a distance from God. Don't let them create excuses for you. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fight. It's gonna be a challenge. It's not gonna be the road with the least obstacles. That's just not the path. The path is gonna have obstacles in it. We each say we want to know God more, we want to have a deeper relationship with Christ. And what are we doing to make that happen? We often say we're too busy to pray. We're too distracted to fast. We're too lazy to study the word of God or the writings of the fathers or to take time to read the lives of the saints. So how would Zacchaeus respond in that same situation? We've got him today. We've just got this beautiful, short, little tax collector today. Incredible, you know? He climbed higher so he could see Jesus and be seen by Jesus. When we seek him, making great efforts to find him, we will find him. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. You know? You put that effort in and the Lord will meet us. Through repentance we climb higher. And then the Lord calls us down in, in humility. If we humble ourselves, he will come and abide in our house. There's a great line in Isaiah, but this is the man to whom I will look, he that is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. I'm going to read it again. The Lord says through Isaiah, but this is the man to whom I look, he that is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Hidden within Zacchaeus is all this courage. Hidden within him is all this righteousness, and he leaves the wickedness his sin and he breaks free to Christ. Climbing to the heights of humility. He had to get rid of the crowd first. And we can do the same. That's actually the call. We have to do the same. In order to show the Lord that he is all we want and the Lord will come. And he does come to us. He's coming to us in this liturgy this morning. He who dwells on high. He who is above the heavens and the heavens of heavens. Who makes thick darkness his dwelling, who is beyond time, beyond the ages, surrounded by consuming fire of the uncreated glory and everlasting splendor, who is surrounded by the fiery six-winged seraphim and the many-eyed cherubim, and the countless company of heaven wants to come and make his abode in us. He has come to seek and save the lost. To see him and be seen by him, the fountain of life, the fashioner of all creation is to see our own sin. We have sinned before him and we're not worthy to behold the height of his glory. And we are certainly not worthy to partake of him. And so I warn you today, sending a warning from my, to myself and all of you. This is the one we're partaking of. The Holy One of Israel. The Lord of Lords. When we pray those two prayers, and there's, there's five more, but we pray two in the liturgy of preparation for communion. We pray those two prayers. We say we're the chief of sinners. That is the right, that is the only place to be. And, and not just for the few minutes this morning, but to see yourself as that's my place. 
Like, that's what it's come to. To humble yourself. As soon as you do, right up the tree. And you see Christ. We have to let go of the things that are holding us, the crowd that keeps us from Christ. The crowd we've probably embraced, maybe encouraged. Whatever the crowd is. One of the post-communion prayers, and I'm going to end with this, and it's my favorite. If I ever bring you communion at your home or in the hospital, you'll hear me pray this at the end, always. O thou willingly dost give thy flesh to me as food. Thou who art a fire, consuming the unworthy, consume me not, O my creator, but rather pass through all my body parts, all my joints, reins, and hearts, Burn thou the thorns of all my transgressions. Cleanse my soul and hallow thou my thoughts. Make firm my knees and my bones likewise. Enlighten as one my five senses and establish me wholly in thy fear. Ever shelter us and guard us and keep us from every soul corrupting deed and word. Chasten us, purify us and control us. Adorn us, teach us and enlighten us. Show us to be a tabernacle of thy spirit only, and in no wise the dwelling place of sin. That from us thy habitation through the entrance of thy communion, every evil deed, every passion may flee from us as fire. As intercessors we bring to thee all the saints, both the angelic leaders and the bodiless powers, the forerunner and the wise apostles. And beside these, the immaculate and chaste mother, do thou accept their prayers, my Christ, who art compassionate, and make thy servants to be children of the light. For thou alone, good Lord, art the sanctification and splendor of our souls, and to thee is God and Master. Day by day, duly we ascribe all glory. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.